0: This is Burkittsville, formerly Blair. It is a small, quiet Maryland town, much like a small, quiet town anywhere. No more than 20 families laid their roots here over 200 years ago, many of whom remain, either on this hill or in the town below. There are an unusually high number of children laid to rest here, most of whom passed in the 1940s. Yet no one in the town seems to recall anything unusual about this time. To us, anyway. Yet legend tells a different story. One whose evidence is all around us. Etched in stone. Welcome to Now Playing's Blair Witch Project Retrospective Series. Hosted by Arnie, Stuart, and Jacob. These podcasts contain detailed plot spoilers and harsh language. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Today we're discussing Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2, a movie in which there is no book and not really any shadows. <laughs> Starring Kim Director, Jeffrey Donovan, Erica Learhizen. Directed by Joe Berlinger. There is no goddamn Blair Witch in this movie. But there is Arnie, co-host of Now Playing.
2: Stewart in L.A. My makeup and black clothes give me power. This is Jacob. Power!
3: (laughs) (laughs) You gotta say it like the Birkenville uh, sheriff who somehow thinks that he's in Louisiana. I don't think he realizes (laughs) what state he's actually in.
1: Uh, Or what movie, really. But yes. (laughs) Blair Witch 2. First of all, happy, happy Halloween. Halloween, Halloween. Happy, happy Halloween. We have to do some horror. We do have to do some horror. We'll be doing it next week.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We did it last week, too.
3: (laughs) Yeah, you're right. But for this week, we're going to give you... Here's the trick, not the treat. (laughs) We're going to give you someone that doesn't want to give you horror or or has a problem with the Blair Witch phenomenon itself. I got to say, this one is unique in that it actually is a sequel that seems to dislike the original.
1: (laughs) It really is. I saw this back in theaters Opening weekend, I'm just going to say that. I was completely on board the Blair Witch train. I talked about it last time. I was buying the books. I was playing those awful video games. I wasn't winning them, but I was playing them. I had the action figures. And so, yes, when I saw they were coming out with a sequel, I knew from reading magazines and from seeing the ads, it was not going to be three more people go out into the woods to try to find Josh and Heather and Mike, but they were going to do something different with it. I was interested. I was excited. Marjorie and I had been together for a number of months at that point. She didn't like the original Blair Witch, but I dragged her to the sequel saying it was going to be great. Well, one of us <laughs> liked it.
2: She stayed with you.
1: Yeah. Not only that, you called me up and we're like,
3: it's really good. You have to see it. And I was like, huh, because I saw the trailer
1: and it doesn't look good. Oh, it's really good. Now, I want to clarify a couple things i agree you have to see it because it's very interesting the way that they become <laughs> meta about the blair witch phenomenon uh-huh yeah i think you have to see it uh-huh and notice I said good. You guys know I'm fond of great. So if I say good.
2: (laughs) So you should have known that it wasn't that good. (laughs) So
3: you're just not going to apologize is what you're telling me. You're just not going to tell me sorry that I paid. At the time, I didn't have a lot of money. Like I went to movies when I could, but it was an expense for me to go pay $10 or whatever it was to go see this movie. But because you were insistent that it was really going to be as interesting as the first movie experience. I get more of what you were trying to tell me now watching it this time for this review. I can see the, what do you want to say, the half full or silver lining? (laughs) I I can see the positive (laughs) merits of this movie. But I was furious after walking out of that movie. And you having said it was, in my mind, you had really oversold that experience by a wide margin.
1: Let me just say that, Stuart, you and I have talked movies for a lot longer than now playing. We have had... Hours and hours long dissections of films before there were ever microphones. And when I walked out of Book of Shadows Blair Witch 2, given how different it was for the original, I wanted to be able to talk about it in depth. And Marjorie had pretty much shut down because she really hated the film. And so I decided you were going to be the person I was going to talk to about it.
2: Artie is the Blair Witch. It's like, mm-hmm. I will lure people so I can do my bidding.
1: So now I just put it on the schedule.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of true. But uh, you know what? There were reasons to be intrigued by Blair Witch, even though I do feel like everyone was kind of pissed. At the first movie. I mean, it got nominated for Razzies. People, when they realized that it was not a true urban legend, but a completely fabricated get-rich-quick scheme, I think people were already turned off. I don't think if this movie were a laudable horror classic that people would have embraced it. I think that the tide had turned even in the year since the first movie came out.
1: And... I just think those people are fucking idiots. I'm going to go out there and just say, if you went to a movie that the people were doing huge press tours for, they were inescapable, and then in the end of credits, it says this film is a work of fiction. If these people are so taken in that they think that because something shaky cam that it's actually real. They got what they deserve. Yeah. Who's the more foolish? The fool or the fool who follows the fucking website? (laughs) Wrong retrospective, but okay. (laughs) Well, we took a break from Star Wars for this. I'll give a call back. I do think, you know, the director cited a statistic. The director of Blair Witch 2, I might add, Mm. cited a statistic, and I don't know where he got it. Maybe his ass but that 40% of American audiences walked out of Blair Witch thinking they'd seen a real documentary. What? 40%? Come on. That means I don't respect the intelligence of 40% of Americans.
3: (laughs) You respect 60? Hmm, I don't know. I I, I joke. But you bring up something interesting, Arnie. Yes, with the sequel, you would think that the filmmakers... Hot off the success, the nobodies now made into somebodies, they would be anxious to get back there and create a trilogy. That's what I heard. There was going to be a trilogy. And so part two was going to be something else. And then part three was going to actually take us back in time to see, you know, the 17... hundreds, and, and to see where the Blair Witch came from, I'll tell you what, I mean, we might know where Heather, Josh, and Mike ended up, but what happened to these filmmakers from the original? I had to dig them out to find out what their fate was, and let me tell you, it was not pretty. Their plan... This was the genius. They turned down Blair Witch 2 because they wanted to prove that they weren't horror masters. They wanted to prove that they had lots of skills. And they wanted to make a romantic comedy starring (laughs) David Hasselhoff.
2: Just stop right there.
3: just David Hasselhoff. (laughs) And Gary Coleman. And yes, and a lot of like kitschy stars in the past. In a love cult and call it The Heart of Love.
2: Wasn't that a VH1
3: reality show? (laughs) (laughs) Now, this movie was never made. Or if it was, it was buried underneath some house out in the middle of woods and may it never be discovered.
1: I I would love to review that.
3: (laughs) I don't believe they shot a frame of it, but that was their big plan. Let's leave what made us a name and let's go make a David
1: Hasselhoff romantic comedy. You know what, though? I'm going to applaud their instinct. If they'd done Blair Witch, then they ran the risk of being labeled one-trick ponies and... Never being able to break out of that mold. I mean, look at the Wachowskis and always living in the shadow of the Matrix, for example. So the instinct to immediately turn around and try to do something totally different, to establish them as actual Hollywood directors, is not a bad instinct, but... I think their career wouldn't have been much different if they done Blair Witch 2, as <laughs> I looked them up on IMDb. Well, one of them's done some From Dust Till Dawn TV. No, actually, they went back right to the Blair Witch. Well, they
3: just waited nine years to do it. And I saw their films. I dug them out. I wanted to know. But Daniel Myrick, one half of the pair that engineered Blair Witch, made something in 2008 called The Objective, which is exactly like the Blair Witch if it were set in Afghanistan with a team of Marines going to find some terrorist. And that it was haunted lands by, I think, an extraterrestrial, maybe? I don't know, something glowing. (laughs) Yeah,
2: just like the Blair Witch. Just like it.
3: (laughs) Well, no, but they kept getting trapped and getting lost and turning on each other. And Mike is actually one of the cast members. it was actually kind of a cool concept except that it wasn't at all convincing it was like they were shot in like the california woods or something like that it, it didn't look anything like afghanistan it didn't sell us the horrors of war and they didn't have an ending for it much like i guess blair witch you know they had an objective and they didn't have an end to that mission and it's just not a very good film, but it is the Blair Witch all over again. And the other one, Sanchez, yeah, he did do From Dusk Till Dawn, but he also did one of the better segments from VHS 2. I don't know if you know this. There's a found footage
1: anthology series. I think they are up to three of them now. Saw the first one, decided I didn't need to see any more.
3: Oh, see, I kind of, well, I like, you know, like a lot of anthologies. I like some, I don't like others. He had one where a guy had a GoPro on his head going out into the woods and he gets bit by a zombie and so we watch him change and start chasing people and it and mike is there as well as uh, he ends up at like a campground with kids celebrating a birthday and mike's one of the dads or something like that but it was kind of kind of funny i mean i really don't want to oversell it you know it was about 10 minutes long and it didn't overstay its welcome but found footage horror in the woods with a sense of humor
1: So they didn't move too far away. They added a sense of humor, which the original Blair Witch didn't have, but...
3: Yeah, that's about the difference of it. And, uh, you know, a lot less uh, screaming and bemoaning.
1: They did have some input in some regard on Blair Witch, too. The director of Blair Witch 2, Joe Berlinger, talked about how the script he wrote was shown to them. And they go, well, we don't like it, but go fucking make it anyway. (laughs) Yeah, they had no involvement, but they they knew what was going to happen to the property. (laughs) And then they saw the movie and I think their response was, no, don't fucking like it. (laughs)
3: Yeah, see, we were right. Well, it would have been interesting to see them come up with a sequel rather than do nothing, which is kind of what they did for a decade. But strangely, yeah, they're some of the most successful independent filmmakers of all time, and they didn't even get a second act, really. It's kind of strange that way. But Joe Berlinger... I gotta say, he's a great filmmaker, and they were lucky to get this guy for Blair Witch Two. I well, mean, what has
2: he done? Because I've seen this film. He, you're saying great filmmaker,
3: a great documentary filmmaker.
2: How about that? Okay, what documentaries then?
3: Brothers Keeper and the Paradise Lost trilogy. Oh, okay. I mean,
2: Par- yeah, Paradise
1: Lost. Those those are good. This is the same guy. Yeah, I saw those actually fairly recently when they were pardoned. Marjorie was telling me all about it, so we ended up catching the Paradise Lost. I saw the first one. Had no idea it was the Blair Witch 2 guy. I I didn't know he could make something so good.
3: Well, I mean, he's not the Blair
1: Witch 2 guy. He's the Paradise Lost guy that made Blair Witch 2. Be nice. But I think that there was some... Very interesting ideas going on. Now, I don't know if it was Hackson Films, who's still listed as the production company, and they're the company that's run by Sanchez and Myrick, or if it was just Artisan, who had complete control. But let's think about this. You have this found footage film that people think was a documentary. You don't necessarily think going into that universe would be the right thing, or you're not sure how to follow it up. So instead of getting a Hollywood filmmaker, you bring in a documentary filmmaker. I'm going to give them points right off the bat for the balls of trying to break the mold and not just bring in some hack. You don't get Steve Miner in here, you know, did Friday the 13th Part 3, and he did Halloween H2O, Lake Placid he's a for hire horror guy instead they go with an acclaimed documentary filmmaker to see what kind of idea he has to do this and it's again ballsy that they hired somebody who was actually offended by the original film pissed off at the original film he's part of that 40 percent no He was part of the 60% who hated the 40%.
3: No, he didn't hate the 40%. He hated the marketing that sold people a lie. What he hated was the fact that they led people to believe that this falsified footage was
1: real. And that they actually, that Blair Witch website that we praised so much last time, or I did, was based very specifically off the Paradise Lost website in its layout, in its police stories, in its evidence. And as a documentary filmmaker, he was offended that this is what people think documentaries are, is shaky cameras. He, He says in the commentary he worked hard to leave all the shaky cam, jerky camera stuff on the editing room floor and to have a professionally shot thing, and yet this movie is telling Americans this is what documentaries are. I think he took it as a personal slight on his profession as a documentarian that people believed this and that this is what it looked like. Although, to the defense,
3: the documentary footage in Blair Witch is all handheld. I don't think they had a tripod, but it was not shaky. We saw so little of it. It was basically her mugging to the camera... You know, Heather would talk about, ooh, this is the rock where they found the bodies or all of that. All the other footage that they shot, I don't think that was ever going to go in the documentary, right? I mean, maybe a couple pickup shots, but. But
1: he considered the entire film to have been sold as a documentary. The yes. documentary is what happened to them.
3: Yes, exactly. What he hated, he, I think he said, I liked the movie. I hated the marketing. I hated the idea that
1: they sold this movie as truth. I think that every so often he'd say really damning things about the movie and then realize, oh, shit, I'm still in the process of selling a sequel to people who liked the first one. And so every so often he'd back up and go, but I kind of like it. You know, I thought it was good, but I never believed him when he said
3: that. (laughs) Okay, so you think he hated the whole phenomenon, but took the job because
1: he could make this rebuttal or he wanted money or he wanted to become a. Hollywood filmmaker. He wanted to get away from documentaries and do Hollywood films. He saw this as his way in. He regretted it because of all the studio involvement. He spent most of the commentary bitching about the way they changed his films and the way he had to basically sell his soul for studio work. And looking at his work after, he went back to documentary filmmaking and has pretty much stayed there. But he, at this point, had aspirations of moving into cinema away from documentary.
3: Yeah, I I am a big fan of the documentaries, and and I want to just emphasize, they're not just that he's a documentary filmmaker. He goes into rural environments and explores cases where people are accused of murder. So, I, I mean, it's an even better fit for Blair Witch because we leave that movie not knowing exactly if anything supernatural happened. I mean, the question I have going into this is, are they going to have to show us a witch? We watched footage the whole time that never told us conclusively there was a witch. But eventually, right, she's got to show up. I mean, going into this movie, I believe at some point they would have to show
1: Ellie Kedward. I don't think so. I think by doing this trick which was very novel to me at the time, where the sequel states the original is a movie. New Nightmare. Yeah, you're right. You're right. New Nightmare. That is absolutely correct. I had that actually in my notes here. Yes. And this does it better than that. It doesn't take much, but it does it better (laughs) than that. Uh,
3: You got to give it that. This movie's
1: bad, but hey, it's better than New Nightmare. Yes. And it's that same conceit, though. You're absolutely right that this is the real world. That's a movie. And by doing so... There is no witch, or is there? I think that alleviated the need to show us the witch. Obviously, we don't see the witch in this, but as I approach this movie, I believe it would
3: ruin the previous movie because there's no way to do the same thing again. There's no way to keep denying us the villain of the movie, right? We can't always see off-screen implied death. We must eventually see who's doing the killer, and we do. But we would never do see Ellie Kedward in this. So for that, yeah, props. It's clever. What he has constructed here is not what I would expect the sequel
1: to be. So what is it? Arnie, do you want to give him the plot? In the fall of 1999, the country was gripped in Blair Witch hysteria. Though the real residents of Burkittsville, Maryland are sick of the tourists gawking, profiteers have pounced trying to make a quick buck. And one of those is Burkittsville native Jeff, A former mental institution patient, now released and making a living selling stick figures, piles of rocks, hats, shirts. Basically, he has a self-run cafe press store about the Blair Witch. And now he's doing his first tour of the sites from that film. On this sightseeing expedition, he has four customers. Wiccan redhead Erica, who hopes to make Ellie Kedward her teacher, even though she's theoretically fictional. Goth psychic film fan Kim and married couple, non-believer Steven and believer Tristan, who are looking to write a book on the Blair Witch phenomenon. More, Tristan is six weeks pregnant, and her indecision about keeping the baby is causing strife in her marriage. They camp that night in the remains of Rustin Parr's house, despite an interruption from a competing tour group. With the house claimed, the five proceed to drink and party, and then they black out for five hours. When they wake up, Stephen notes are torn apart, Jeff's recording equipment is destroyed, his tapes are missing, but Kim has a vision that the tapes were hidden under the same rocks where the original Blair Witch film of Josh, Heather, and Mike were supposedly found. More, Tristan has had a miscarriage, so they rush her to the hospital, but she refuses to stay there. So instead, all five go to Jeff's house... Which is an abandoned broom factory where they plan to review the tapes and find out what happened in those five hours. But the group starts to see things that aren't there. Erica and Steven seem to be making out, but they're actually at other ends of the table. Kim appears to be eating an owl, but it turns out it's just some Kentucky fried chicken.
3: (laughs) I love that. I gotta say. (laughs) How many takes did they do of her biting into that owl puppet? That owl is so sad looking. (laughs) (laughs) It
1: is bad. Kim sees Jeff dead, looking like he's in an electric chair. They see some child walking backwards, all kinds of things. And then the sheriff calls, <laughs> Sheriff Cravens, accusing Jeff of killing the other group of tourists. They were found dead, arranged in a pentagram shape, just like those 1886 Burkittville murders mentioned in the first Blair Witch film. Jeff, of course, denies it, but then Erica goes missing, but she's seen naked and walking backwards by Stephen. Finally, she's found dead in a pantry by the group. Tristan notices that all the apparitions have been walking backwards and suggests Jeff play the videos backwards. In doing so, they see the five of them having a drunken orgy and then murdering the tourists in a satanic ritual led by Tristan. This leads Stephen to accuse Tristan of deliberately having a miscarriage. And Tristan ties a rope around her own neck threatening suicide, and she goads her husband into pushing her off the railing and snapping her neck. But then we jump to the end where the three survivors, Jeff, Kim, and Steven, have all been arrested. They're being interrogated by police and shown videos of the murders. The police have video of Kim stabbing a store clerk with a nail file, an act Kim has no memory of. They showed Jeff killing Erica and Steven wrapping the rope around Tristan's neck and killing her. The three have no memory of these events and proclaim their innocence, but have no defense against the videotaped proof as credits roll.
3: Yeah, we're getting a little bit of Tarantino here. They're mixing up the timeline. And that was part of the way that this feels different than the movie last week. Last week, we saw an obvious chronology. It would be very confusing if they were just picking up random reels and watching it. Someone had gone through all the footage and assembled the best moments chronologically. Here, uh, we're gonna jump back and forth between a police officer interrogating survivors that are gonna beg questions as to what crimes they've even committed. We don't even know for the longest time.
2: I thought this was going to be like a 60 minutes reenactment because right at the beginning it says this is a fictionalized reenactment of events that happened after the release of the first film. I, I guess this is their way of saying, guys, this is just a film film. Not, we're not doing a fake
1: film. No, no. But saying it's a fictionalized reenactment tells me it's like one of those Dateline NBC things. Well, that,
2: That's what I thought they were going to go for, but they don't really go with that aesthetic at all this time jumping you're saying Tarantino is responsible for this then damn him because I got in an argument over this timeline like I didn't know when things were going on you summer of 1999 then a year earlier then November 15th 99 then November 12th like you jump around so much
1: Tarantino isn't responsible for this Artisan entertainment is responsible for this and again if you want to hear the director's bitching listen to the commentary but Joe Berlinger wanted a film that started it off like Paradise Lost in his documentaries, the opening shots with the credits going over trees—that aerial shot—it's what he did with Paradise Lost. Is the all of his documentaries we start with those aerial shots, and he wanted to go into it very slowly and leave a lot of ambiguity. And the studio suits saw this and went, "No, we are making a more standard horror film." They brought in Marilyn Manson to give the score, even though. <laughs> Berlinger wanted just something more classical and haunting, but they were looking at the horror films of the time, like Bride of Chucky, and not too long after this, we'd get Freddy vs. Jason, and House of a Thousand Corpses. You got Rob Zombie on the soundtrack here, you got all this hard rock. They wanted to make a horror movie that would appeal to the standard horror movie demographic versus the more artsy Blair Witch 1 demographic. And they said, it's too long to get to the blood. It's too long to get to the gore. And against the director's wishes, they inserted a lot of these shots. They inserted the force feeding, which was going to be later. They inserted all these bloody scenes during the credits. They wanted to give the kids what they wanted while the popcorn was still in the bucket.
2: Well, that's uncomprehensible, though. If I'm looking at gore, because you're going to flash forward to some scene, that doesn't give me what I want. Like, that's just showing some blood on the screen. Like, I want to know why that blood is being shed. So,
3: But that's a question you ask. And again, I, Artisan is, you know, not under that banner name, but the company that Artisan was prior made Reservoir Dogs. I do feel like Tarantino had a big influence on the whole decade. They were trying to be clever and jump around, or usual suspects. I mean, I think audiences were accustomed to the, oh, we're seeing clips of a murder. Why did that happen? Back in time, jumping forth in time. I think playing with that idea, if it had been worked into the original script... If it had been written that way, I think would be a really good choice. But it is confusing the way that they've done it here.
2: There's some guy in a mental institution, Jeff, but I don't even get how that ties into everything else.
3: Oh, well, let me help you there because I...
2: (laughs) You're going to be helping me a lot in this film.
3: (laughs) I I bit the bullet. Last week, there was a dossier I read, you know, a supplemental material like the website that really broke down the legend of... Ellie Kedward, for audiences so they could understand the history of the woods compared to the footage they watched. That poor man that wrote that also had the unfortunate task of trying to convince me that these characters and their backstory are just as interesting as the Blair Witch. And so I have a second dossier in which... All of these characters are explained. Why he is in that mental institution, half of the book are pages from his medical records that show his mental deterioration and why he's there. We can get into it as as we get into the movie. But this is, again, trying to encourage people to look beyond the movie and see this as a phenomenon, that the, the answers are out there, but they're not in the film.
2: I will say I was optimistic with this opening. Like, it's going to go downhill quick for me, but I'm optimistic. I like this take that we're in the actual Burkittsville. This movie, you know, has changed the town. I love that the one lady's like, I got to make sure I got a great nightgown on and my makeup on when I go outside now. Like, I like the, okay, we're going to see how this ghost story has actually affected this town. And I thought that was a good idea.
1: And this is real. This is is like a real documentary. I think those are all real people, right? Not all. They were chased out of town pretty quick. One of the people being interviewed is actually the director himself. But they did get a couple real people there.
3: Yeah, I thought that all of this, if not the real people saying it, were things that were really happening to the citizens of this very
1: small town. I take nothing in this film as veracity. Nothing. I I don't think that Jeff was ever in a mental institution. I do have a question about the dossier. My understanding is that mental institution was before this movie starts. Like, before even Blair Witch won, he was in a mental institution.
3: Oh, yeah. I thought that was clear in the footage. He says something about he saw Blair Witch 17 times after they let
1: him out. Right, that's what I got from it. I was just making sure that the dossier didn't contradict. No, because no. Because there's something said in this film, it's very important. It's said pretty early on, film lies, video tells the truth. So the only thing we can trust is true in this entire movie is what we see on a camcorder. If it was DV, it's truth. Anything that's filmed in 35 millimeter is possibly all hallucination
3: right which is a way of saying is that the camera doesn't lie but when you construct a film it's all lies that is a documentarian position on this and that's where he's coming to here I, it is a bold choice I'm with you Jacob I actually think this opener is is real fun I mean not creepy the way that the first movie opened but a good callback to that sort of talking head we're in Burkittsville kind of environment it's doing the same thing again but with a different emphasis
1: and I'm thinking hey Arnie was right. I, I should have spent this $10. And I really like that they incorporate real footage. I'm assuming it's real from MTV News, from Cisco and Ebert, from CNN. There's some of it I question the reality of. You know, they're blurring that line. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of it, Conan O'Brien and whatnot, is actual film clips.
2: So in real life, people did descend on Burkittsville. I, I was trying to figure out would this have happened in 2000, I know, with Twilight and Forks. Washington, like that's a big deal now. Like they have a whole economy based on those books and movies, but that was actually going on in the real outside this movie, Burkittsville?
3: Absolutely, yes. They were There were people stealing things from lawns and they stole the main town sign many times. And
2: See, I think that's an interesting story. Yeah, talk about how this movie, and then you bring in the horror element, but talk about how like a fictional movie actually affected this town and, and then, you know, bring in the witch.
3: That's how they start here and I think that the director, if he had his way, would have made all of these early scenes feel like a comedy or more just like not a horror movie. You weren't to think of this As turning horrific, you were seeing more uh, comedy about the nutcases that are drawn to the Blair Witch. I I do think every person that is on this journey represents a different type of fanatic that would be drawn to the myth. Starting with Jeff, who is, you know, an exploiter who just wants to make a dime off of it. I don't know whether he believes or not,
1: but he's going to sell you the coffee mug. And These could be types that were taken with the Blair Witch phenomenon. They also could be the types you put into a horror film. So each audience member has an avatar on screen with whom they can relate. The general horror movie audience, you get Jeff, who's kind of the techie guy, the AV geek. You mentioned Tarantino was big. I think the film geek came into vogue because of Tarantino. We got Randy in the Scream films. I think that's what Jeff is supposed to be. I don't know that goth ever really became 20% of our generation, but we get Kim there for the goth lovers. We get Erica there for people who like redheads.
2: Look, there's a whole goth group in my high school. None of them look like Kim here. Like, she is ridiculous looking.
1: But Kim does represent...
3: The, well, she's not a believer. I mean, I think at some point she says she knows it's just a movie. But she's
2: a psychic?
3: She wants to believe in the myth of it. And I think I'm actually in Kim's camp. Like, I know that that Blair Witch footage isn't real. But boy, it's fun to think about constructing a legacy like this. I would still want to go to Burkittsville after watching
1: that movie, even knowing it's not real.
2: But would you cake that makeup on your face?
1: I would not do that, no. But you gotta think she cakes that makeup on her face before she ever saw Blair Witch this is her lifestyle
3: yeah she's just attracted to all these things and i've known goss and had a few friends that were goss but none that were psychic i I can honestly say yeah
2: that's what's so weird we're gonna say that first film was made up but then we're gonna throw psychics into our film like that's a bigger jump than witches for
1: me or is she psychic Or does she have latent memories? Her psychic powers don't really manifest in any major way. There's a couple minor things, but in any major way until after their blackout.
3: Yeah, a I, I debate I'm not interested in having, but yeah, they want me to have that. They want me to be curious about Kim, <laughs> and again, it's a miscalculation of this movie that we're to think of these characters as being really interesting. Maybe they would be if we were getting different performances, but this is a terrible cast, and I don't think any of these characters are interesting. Jeffrey Donovan did actually go on and have a career. Jeff did, what, seven seasons of Burn Notice and has been in many movies. Oh, that was him in Burn Notice? yeah. Yeah, he is a legitimate working, successful mid-career actor. But the rest of these we'll never see again, I hope.
1: All of them have worked before and since. They are working actors. I haven't seen them. That's the important thing. Like the Blair Witch out of my purview. Kim was in She Hate Me. Didn't you see She Hate oh, Me? Oh, and
3: I hated. She it.
1: Hate Me. I
3: hated that movie. I oof. Okay. Not helping your case with Kim here.
1: And we reviewed Erica. We have covered her before. She's one away from Golden Headphones. (laughs) She was in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. The last one? The 2003 one, not the beginning. And not the 3D one, okay, yeah. but the 2003 one with Jessica Biel. Who the hell was she? Oh, she was the girl that got killed at the beginning. Or the one that they found on the road. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so she, we've covered her before. These are people who have continued to work. Oh, please. All
3: right. Because we troll and watch bad, shitty movies, we'll see a couple of these ones again. But they're not actors. They're not. They're not really Steven
1: and Tristan kind of fell <laughs> off the face of the earth. But the other three, we have a chance of running into them again but if you want to know
3: more about kim you can read the dossier and find out all about her juvenile delinquent problems in chicago Really interesting stuff, let me tell you.
2: <laughs> I could tell.
3: Was she psychic? No. That, if that was in there, I didn't read between the lines to try and find it. It was mostly like, she broke this, she vandalized that. And she seems like such a
1: nice goth, too. Yeah. You know?
3: She, yeah, she's a sweetheart. I do feel like she is... I feel like a lot of goths are that way. They do that as a way of, I'll make you reject me so you never get to know me because uh, deep down I'm a soft, sensitive person. I, I think that's a typical... Uh,
2: Well, What about the Wiccans? Did you have a big Wiccan group like Erica?
3: I have known one Wiccan in my life, and he... (laughs) Oh, a he Wiccan. Yes, it was a a boy Wiccan. I don't know what that makes him. A wicker? Uh, A warlock? Well, (laughs) anyway, no, he wasn't too much like Erica. But the interesting, the one interesting thing I would say about the dossier and Erica is she may not be real. She is only in it in that Jeff goes onto a Wiccan chat room to plug his tours, and she magically appears there and says, I want to do it. And none of the other Wiccans can see her dialogue. It's almost like she's magic. She's like a supernatural creature. I think when you watch this movie, if you want to accept that supernatural things are going on, she is the avatar of Ellie Kedward.
1: Weird, because they do find her body. yes. So she does exist somehow, but there is some mystery about her that comes up later.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, they found a body of an owl, too. I mean, I think the witch takes different forms and guises. I think that even though this movie starts out by saying uh, Blair Witch hurt the Wiccan image... Blair Witch 2 makes it even worse by saying that all those Wiccans really are evil witches.
1: I do like Erica in this. I like her attitude. I like that she's a nature girl. I enjoy her presence. It's Tristan and Steven who just do not fit. They don't seem like they'd be together. They especially don't seem like they'd be married or working on a research project together. They don't even seem like they'd sign up for this kind of tour, let alone going camping six weeks pregnant. Now, I've never been father to a child that I know of.
2: Six weeks pregnant, like, that's that's really early. That's n- not a whole lot going
1: on. First of all, do you often know within six weeks that you're pregnant? No, that's what I...
2: You, you're probably just, you know, probably just missed a period. Just starting to wonder, maybe you've peed on a stick.
1: Yeah, and then also, most people I know who get pregnant suddenly put themselves in, like, bubbles. They will not go outdoors. They cannot fly. They cannot drive. They cannot They go certainly to don't drink at a campfire. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and go out and get hypothermia yeah. from staying out too late.
2: Here's my question. So, I'm still trying to figure this movie out. I apologize. Oh, this is what we're here for. They're researching... The Blair Witch myth, yes, which is different than what we saw in Blair. Like, do they know that Blair Witch One was a fake movie? A big part of the dossier, and I
3: like actually this part of it. The clever part of it is the author of the dossier is being asked to pick up where they left off. So they're they're saying that this is real and that this really happened. That they're not going to be able to finish this book that they started. So we want you to complete this book, and so he has to go back through all their research and their proposal to see what they were planning to write.
2: This is Stephen and Tristan's research.
3: Yes. It was mostly Stephen, really, is the one writing the book. Tristan was there to help with the research.
2: Okay. I thought most of it got destroyed later on, but... They have some of it, I guess.
3: They, Yeah, the the stuff they didn't carry with them. And I don't know why you would carry all your research in a van out into the middle of the woods. I don't know why you'd put any of that in the digital age. But yes, most of that got destroyed. Some of it makes it into the second dossier. The point of it is, Stephen does not believe. He definitely doesn't believe. He thinks that people get hysterical. He represents the cynical people that think it's all in their head, that he would not believe that the footage is true. Tristan, I didn't get enough of her to know, but my sense is that she may be more inclined to believe it's real than he is, but she's letting him write his book his way.
1: Yeah, but the way they discuss the title, it's Blair Witch, history or hysteria? And I took it that she was more on the history side and he was more on the hysteria side. Is this mass delusion caused by this film or is there some basis in truth? And that's what they're there to research.
3: Yeah, and he was even going so far as to research a myth in England that was very similar that we get a whole lot of backstory about. Because they got to fill up this book, I got to tell you. They got to get the 200 pages for the second dossier. So I learned all about this other English bloody Bob character or something like that. And there's even a, a story in a pulp novel where he meets the Blair Witch and they reprint that story. I mean... Boy, they're really trying to expand the Blair Witch universe past the witch. I think they realize they need more than an unseen witch to get us, you know, really invested. So,
1: you know, the witch eventually met the English phantom. But this is where we get our motley crew that's going to go out into the woods. But these people do not seem like they'd hang out together. No. Let alone get along together. Let alone have a drunken orgy together. They're bonded by their love of the Blair Witch. That is what unifies
3: them.
2: Yeah, and they go... Their first stop on the tour is the Rustin Parr's house or the Foundations, because I guess... You said that house burned down and then they found the footage according to the dossier.
3: Yeah, that, that is what is left of that house.
2: Yeah, cause this foundation looks different than that house that we saw last week. It doesn't even- There's
3: no
1: basement for one.
3: That is because, yes, it is a completely different construction built in a different area that- Yeah, don't pay attention to that, Jacob. They don't want you to notice that.
2: Well, I needed a little more continuity. It's really distracting.
3: Well, the tree. There's a lot of things that are going on. There's a a tree that's there that shouldn't be. At least that's the way that Jeff sees it.
1: Yes, the tree that shouldn't be there because the trees are scary.
2: Well, the tree would have been growing through the middle of the house is the problem. And I actually have a great aunt who had a tree. Going through the middle of her house. I loved it.
3: I have relatives that built a house around the tree because they thought
2: it would yes. be cool. And then they found out about squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> there was never a squirrel problem. But. I
1: know a number of people who do have like holes in their floor where trees are rooted and then they go out the ceiling and it's, you know, they have to water it, but it's sealed around the top and bottom so no squirrels get in. And it's a thing. I don't think it's a thing in Rustin Parr's time, but it's a thing.
3: Yeah, the, the point is, I believe Jeff when he says that wasn't there the other day. I mean, this is a guy that goes out into these woods... Is there, you know, probably twice a week or whatever? He would remember a tree being right there, and this is the first time we're supposed to think that. Ooh, this is eerie. I, I love the fact that no one wa- wants to believe it. They all think that he's just trying to, you know, scare them. But he believes it, and whether that's true or not, I guess depends on whether you believe he's in possession of his full faculties or whether he really belongs back into that pad itself.
2: Yeah, I see, I never knew when he was going to end up in the padded cell. I was so confused by the timeline. I didn't know if that was a flash forward, if that was him before. It's him before. I'm not scared at this point, but I'm still going with it. I love the satire here. they are the parody stuff going on when the, another tour group walks in mm-hmm. on the same house. And, they, you know, you have the rival tours going on.
1: I love that they're all foreign language speaking. Yeah,
2: yeah. One's the international tour. They got, a, what, a couple Chinese and a German? Uh-huh. They
3: were never seen again. They're foot- underexposed yeah anytime this movie is making fun of the last movie i actually think it's a good movie
2: i'll say i'm enjoying it i don't know if i'd use good but i'm going with it yeah
3: fair enough yeah the good is it's hard to say good because all this acting is very very bad
1: it's serviceable for, no it's, it's really not for mid-range horror it's serviceable for friday the 13th part 6 It's fine. Okay. All right. Yes, that is. If that is your standard, I guess. We have turned this into a slasher franchise. Let's bring in Halloween five level standards. Let's not think we're still back on our Tarantino retrospective. This is fine acting of mostly attractive young people who are put here to die. (laughs)
3: Long story short, I really think Erica's cute. So leave him alone. (laughs) Hey, I kind of like Kim too. (laughs)
1: And the fact that they kiss each other is really nice.
3: Interesting enough, Kim is, I think, a blonde or whatever. And and Erica showed up doing the goth thing for the auditions. I love how the director gives a backhanded compliment that gets him out of this. He doesn't want to say that the acting is bad. He's like, oh, these actors are great because they didn't have time. We had such short time to cast that they really stepped in here. and, And at the last minute, they were cast. I mean, I think Erica was cast the day before the shoot began. And he really used that to compliment them when what he's really saying is, don't blame me. I had no time to find good actors.
2: I found it really hypocritical when they were started making fun of Heather in the film, in her <laughs> acting. Yeah,
3: although that was funny.
2: It was funny. Yeah, I'm going with that stuff. <laughs> yeah. but I'm like, yeah. you guys ain't any better.
3: No, they're not. They're not any worse, though, is what I'll say. You're being forgiving in ways that you shouldn't.
2: They're getting multiple takes here, Artie. Like, these were the best takes they had.
3: Yeah, they are very, very bad. And let me just put it out there. This is how I knew I was in trouble, was... And maybe that's the difference between 2000 Arnie and 2000 Stewart was I went to see a movie that you said was good and I saw this horrible atrocious acting and you went into this movie and didn't and the acting didn't bother you and you could focus on what is interesting about this movie which is this postmodernism.
1: Yes, and let's go into what's happening here. It starts with the tree. What they're seeing and what is reality is different. Now, is this the Blair Witch. Has it started the moment they reach Rust and Parr's house and they see a big tree when the video, which tells the truth, shows like a twig? Are they already falling under? the spell of some mystical power in the Burkittsville woods?
2: That would be my assumption, is that that is the, you go after that knowledge, you know, in the first one, it was a much more sincere hunt for the Blair Witch. This, the sin is that they're mocking this witch because of this first film, that they're not giving it respect. And I guess the witch screws with them a little bit more, maybe? I don't know, a lot more happens this film. I don't know if I understand it all, though. If you buy the Book of Shadows dossier... Yeah, because there's no Book of Shadows in this movie. Why is yeah. that the
1: title? I kept waiting for a book to be found. I looked this up. A Book of Shadows is a book containing religious texts and instructions for magical rituals. Yeah, that's not in this movie. But they do magical rituals, and we see but them... not
3: because of a book. They're trying to write a book. I mean, it, <laughs> the words book
1: and shadows...
2: There are shadows in the film and they're trying to write a book.
1: There is. And it's primarily used in Wiccan traditions and we have a Wiccan and we have a witch.
3: Oh, you want to know about it? It's in the dossier. They have lengthy paragraphs going all the way back to Merlin and Arthurian legends (laughs) about what a book of shadows is. I I hate
2: this franchise the more you tell me about it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) They really try to work it in here, but it does not apply to what we see on screen. And I think that's what Jacob is emphasizing, is that a movie should not have a title that has no reference to what's going on to counter that i would say clockwork orange but yes usually i agree with you
1: (laughs) and i would almost say this entire movie could be the book of shadows okay yes
3: i you could go with that that is
1: yes i'm being very forgiving with
3: that you are yeah you are you're right
1: (laughs) i'm being an apologist by giving it that explanation if you look at a
3: book as any kind of documentation that, yes, the film itself
1: does serve in that way. But at this point then, so we're to believe they're falling under the influence of supernatural elements. And I know I'm jumping ahead to the end and trying to figure out the motive here. Well, they jump in forward too. I think that's completely acceptable. Yeah, we should do that. The big question is, were these people manipulated and drugged by one of their own group? Was Jeff being insane, leading them all on a murder spree against their will by drugging them? Or are they all under the influence of supernatural elements? And the director really wanted to go with this level of ambiguity so that you'd walk out of the theater and really be able to debate it either way. I lean very heavily Towards, there's a witch.
2: Yeah, the witch did it. That's the only conclusion I have, is the witch did it.
1: Oh, yeah, there's no... Show me the drug that'll make
3: me go and kill people and arrange them in a pentagram.
2: The weed they were smoking? Is this reefer madness? Yeah, exactly. That would be the most ridiculous.
3: Hey,
1: you lay some weed with pig tranquilizers and you see what happens.
3: (laughs) Uh, Okay, we will, and I'm betting you that I will not do what the characters do in this (laughs) film.
1: (laughs) You won't have a drunken orgy with lesbians? Because I would. I don't need weed to do that.
3: (laughs) Erica, the the (laughs) dossier told us Erica could be the witch anyway. They could be partying with the very Blair witch.
1: Well, I didn't read the fucking dossier. I'm going off what this movie tells me. And I didn't get that she was the Blair Witch, but I did get that she was there. You know, she tells Kim, even though she's supposed to be a Wiccan who's trying to defend Wiccans and says Blair Witch 1 was bad for Wiccans. Here she is. I want Ellie to be my spirit animal or whatever, to be my... Teacher in the ways of Wicca. And so she's there to become a disciple of Ellie so that she would become an avatar for Ellie would make sense. I could see that as, you know, you're opening yourself up to the evil. I am bringing in so much other horror films I've watched to pull this together, but...
2: Yeah, because Erica believes that Ellie was a good witch. She was an Earth child just like her. She doesn't believe the witch was evil.
1: Yeah, she was the good witch of the North, not the wicked witch of the West.
2: Yeah.
3: that Again, if you want to go with that reading. Now, yeah, let's talk about Jeff and what he could or couldn't do. Certainly the sheriff has it out for him. We see early on in the scenes that jump forward, he is the first accused. We found blood in the van. And so we're thinking that he's going to murder all of his tour patrons by the end of this tour. I and mean, he's been incarcerated and he seems a little off. So what is he capable of doing? I'll walk you through really quick what is a very long history in the novel. But largely what happened was his dad was a hermit that lived in the woods and partied with a cult that's in the late 60s, went out there to find the Blair Witch and just kind of made a commune, met a woman, had a baby, went back to normal society, took his kid out hunting, and the kid is Jeff. I think when he had a dog that died, he thought he could bring it to life by trying to kill his dad. And so ever since then, he's had this bad rep for being sort of a creepy kid with homicidal instincts, And what got him thrown in that padded cell before the start of this movie is that he stole someone's baby and tried to sacrifice it on the rock that the rival tour attended. Coffin Rock. Yeah, Coffin Rock was a place that he took a baby to try to get some kind of wish to happen
2: how did
1: this guy ever get released from an asylum
3: i don't know and let's not go
1: too far (laughs) into that well you don't really anymore put people in sanitariums for the rest of their life you charge them with a crime or you say they're cured
2: (laughs) he tried to kill
1: a baby did he try to kill it or did he just take it there I believe
3: the way that it comes out is he took the baby there and left it for the Blair Witch to kill. Because that's kind of what happened, if you go back to the legend and the lore, is that five guys went out looking for a missing child, they lost their lives, and the child came back. So That's what happened in the late 1800s, and so the idea is you make a deal with the devil. It's a Faustian deal. If you kill people on that rock, other people get, I don't know, like a monkey's paw kind of wish granted or something.
1: But here they're going to kill five people on the rock and still have bad shit happen to them. But Yeah, it's not consistent.
3: But then again, this poor guy that had to write the dossier, I don't envy him. <laughs> Make this work. Ugh,
1: all right. And then we get to see the start of their party. We get to see them, you know, having some drinks and even Tristan pregnant and setting up the cameras. And then we jump ahead. They don't remember what happened. This never came out on Blu-ray. This, you know, they didn't deem this worthy of high def release, but on the DVD, I'm like, is it snowing? Is it ash? But it's, yeah. they had some kind of super shredder there, like I use for my return checks that's cool though
2: how high did they throw those shreds up into the air that it's like still falling down
3: oh stop that's a cool moment i'm gonna give the movie that it's very they wake up it's very disorienting that they're in the forest and it looks like snow for a second and in
1: fact it's just shredded paper i mean i I thought that was kind of cool it is it is kind of cool and the fact that everything is destroyed they have no memory they feel they've been vandalized Tristan's trying to gather the notes. Kim is like, I know where the tapes are, which immediately in my mind means she did all this. (laughs) She knows where the tapes are. No, she's
2: the psychic. I I was just rolling my eyes that she's actually a psychic.
1: And I took this as possible duplicity. She's pointing. The tapes are under those rocks. Is it psychic or did she put them there?
3: Right. And these are questions they want us to be curious about that we don't care. I mean, I care. The problem is, is that we know it's the damn witch. So the idea of of giving us a psychological, well, maybe they did it themselves, really holds up to no scrutiny. There's no reason to believe that these people got together to murder. That
1: doesn't make any sense at all. The alternate reading is that Tristan did it. That Tristan was a traitor who did drug them and lead them into a satanic cult. What drug?
2: (laughs) See, I believe Tristan is actually the witch. The whole Erica thing's there to throw you off. Tristan does something because she doesn't want her baby. I feel like that allows the witch to take her over for reasons. But (laughs) there's nothing ever presented to me that makes me... Say, oh, no, this is what's really going. No, it's always just the witch.
3: Yeah, I agree.
2: Even though we don't see a witch, I know it's the witch.
3: And I had that same problem with the movie last week is that you guys tried to tell me, well, it's Heather's fault. And Heather created this problem. I'm like, no, everyone would be get lost in this woods because there's a magic witch that fucks with your head. And by the end of it, you'll all die.
2: No, no. I think that if you go search it, you could bring her curse upon you. That's why I'm saying with I think Tristan's the one responsible for not wanting that baby. But you go looking for trouble. You will find the trouble.
3: All right, so if you do not meet the moral expectations of said witch in the woods, she will then decide you're not leaving.
1: Correct. Well, there is the entire trope that I wrote so many college papers on (laughs) of you do something to invite the horror on yourself. You sin and you die in the horror film, and we'll find out all of these people sin in one way or another, but... When I saw this in theaters, and when I said, Stuart, this is interesting and worth discussion, seeing it just once, I left leaning towards, yes, a witch caused all this, but thinking there is another interpretation. The director really wanted us to believe there's another interpretation in his edit. Coming out of this, I think it's possible. If you just guys don't harp on what drug I could give you, I don't know. I'm not a pharmacist. But if you say that there's some way that I could get you guys fucked up enough to help me slaughter some people, then yes, I would be the one at fault. You guys would be no more guilty than a gun that shoots a person. I'm the one pulling the trigger. And the alternate reading is Tristan pulls that trigger. Yeah,
3: that's it. Unfortunately, if he wanted to do that, they needed to work harder on a script that could support an alternate theory for what's happening.
1: That is not good.
2: Yeah, you keep saying drugs were involved, like they smoked some pot. I never saw any needles come out.
1: God only knows what they did. We only get to see it in video, and apparently that video is playing in reverse. Oh, we'll get there. <laughs> My biggest problem here is though, and I didn't remember this coming back to the movie. I mean. I, I saw this like once in theaters, twice on video, when it was brand new in like a one. Not seen it since. So 14 years. I completely forgot the whole Tristan was pregnant storyline, let alone the bloody pants of her miscarriage.
3: Right. Bringing it back to a dead child, like the child that almost was killed when Jeff took it out there. And so it likes children. I mean, we, we have established that
1: Ellie likes to claim the lives of children the most. Or did Tristan do something? We saw her have the dream of the miscarriage. We saw her in some water. I don't know if you can drown an unborn zygote, but. (laughs) Well, we're told
2: by Kim, the psychic, she approaches Tristan, says, oh, you're pregnant and you don't really want the baby. So it could have just been negative thoughts mixed with the Blair Witch that made it miscarry.
1: But my thinking watching it this time is, oh, movie's done, right? Because when you have a miscarriage and the entire group goes back to the hospital, tour's over. Yes? I mean... This is where I was so confused because, yeah, you go to the hospital, everyone
2: goes home, but then they're, like, in this broom factory, so I'm like... Okay, so that was like a flash forward. They went to the broom factory before the hospital because why would you go to the broom factory after? Like, I had to pause this and I got in an argument with my wife trying to figure out this timeline because it's just, So jumbled and all over the place, just trying to figure it out.
3: It's a broom factory? I know it's Jeff's house. (laughs)
2: Yes, because this is about a witch. Get
1: it? It's very funny. Yeah,
3: broomsticks. No, I didn't know. I didn't hear that line being said. I know he lives there, and he said it was from the Civil War times.
1: It was an abandoned broom factory before they moved the manufacturing out, and so he was using it as a house with multiple bedrooms. He's a squatter basically.
3: Yeah, no, I got that much. And yeah, he's not liked by the town. The sheriff has already, you know, made that clear that he is a person non grata here. The blood for me, what it does is it leads me to think that maybe he didn't do the killing because they're like, we found blood in the van. Well, she bled in the van to the hospital. So maybe that's not where they're going to get killed. I am still of the mindset that the people that are going to die are the people in this camp. And of course, a couple of them do, but that's not really the dead bodies that we're
1: talking about, that they're going to go down the river for. And just to clarify the timeline that Jacob was confused about... This interrogation by the police, where Jeff is being interrogated by that awful, awful scenery-chewing sheriff.
2: They couldn't even get Tom Atkins. I mean, that's how bad this film is.
1: They actually wanted to get back the guy who was the real sheriff of Burkittsville who appeared in the first one. And he was willing to. And then he couldn't act worth a shit. And so they got this (laughs) other guy who couldn't act worth a shit. But this interrogation is going on right after the miscarriage. There's more interrogations coming later, but already Jeff is being interrogated for this death.
3: Yeah, they planted the seed that people have died over this weekend. That interrogation is happening on a Monday. This tour began, what, on Thursday or Friday or something like that.
1: So wait, this interrogation is after the movie ends? It's not while Tristan's in the hospital? Correct. They found blood in the van, which
2: is when the interrogation is going on, on November 15th, which is a Monday.
1: Right. Yeah, okay, that's right. They did put the subtitles there.
2: And November 12th is when the tour started, I think?
1: Yeah, it's not as hard as you guys are making it out. No, this
2: film makes it very confusing.
3: Yeah. The tour starts on a Thursday, Friday. They go back to Jeff's place after the hospital for Saturday, Sunday
1: on Monday. They're in jail. Okay, I thought there might have been two interrogations because that yes. cop is such a dick to Jeff.
2: <laughs> I thought Jeff was getting interrogated, and then they were interrogating the other people at a different time. Like, wow, you guys
3: it, really were, yeah, if, you're looking too hard
2: here. It is no, nothing. no, this movie is not explaining it in an understandable way. It is so jumbled.
3: Oh, admittedly. I'm having bigger problems. I'm having problems with like the 11-year-old girl who's walking backwards, Eileen Treacle.
2: I actually thought that was Ellie. I thought that was going to be the Blair Witch. They're going all Ringu on it.
1: All right, I got a story about this fucking thing. So... I told you, there's no Blu-ray of this motherfucker, right? I have the DVD from when it was first released and it's now playing. I'm the fan here. I have to do the research. I listen to the commentary. Stuart read the book because I didn't want to. but <laughs> Yeah, big fan that you are. I'm happy to ship this mofo to you. <laughs> you can read those dossiers. I didn't even read them back in 2001 when I was playing the video games. <laughs> first one's not bad. This one, well. <laughs> but I go for the deleted scenes and I go into extras, it's like DVD-ROM features. Remember back then? Mm. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, when you gotta connect to the internet and
3: find out more, yes.
1: Oh, Jesus, I didn't even know that... Well, sometimes it was on the disc, but it was in, like, QuickTime format instead of in DVD format, so...
2: Postage-size movie video, yeah.
1: I gotta find a fucking way to install a Windows 98 thing on Windows 10. So I, I, I don't even have a goddamn CD-ROM or DVD-ROM drive anymore. I mean, new computers don't have those. So I bought a fucking USB drive, put this goddamn thing in, jury-rigged the install to finally go, and you know what? All it is is a fucking web browser to a website that died 14 years ago. Was it Netscape? No, it was a custom-built web browser that would link to all these artisan movie websites that don't exist anymore. And it was all for a deleted scene. Finally, I searched the annals of the internet. Yes, not the annals, but I actually searched (laughs) up the internet's ass. It wasn't on YouTube? (laughs) Like you just go to YouTube for this stuff usually. I searched for YouTube again and again and again. I finally found a forum where somebody linked to the YouTube thing that was inappropriately named. Where somebody screen grabbed (laughs) this QuickTime video. It was five extra seconds of that fucker walking backwards. I spent (laughs) hours. It's all the movie's all clear to you now, though. After seeing that, right? I know
3: who she is. It is Ellie Treacle who drowned in 1825. That's the first victim after the town became Birkenville.
2: And that's a different Ellie than the witch.
3: Ellie is the witch. Eileen Treacle is oh, the Eileen. girl. Okay. I know. It's very... Why did they have to be two E names? I don't know.
1: And in the final film, we just see her walk backwards. But in the extended cut scene that I worked so hard to see... She also talks and... Does she talk backwards? No, she just says nothing is all right. and
3: I do and, feel like Berlinger is going a lot to Lynch and Twin Peaks here. He must have been a fan of Twin Peaks with the owls and yeah, the trees. Yeah, I'm thinking the owls are
1: not what they seem. <laughs> yeah, the and,
3: motifs here. He's figuring if he's going into the woods, the Black Lodge, the Black Forest, he's going to play off some Lynchian stuff. He is not... Uh, Very gifted with these actors, and he's not so gifted uh, a fright maker as David Lynch. I'm not saying David Lynch could make a good Blair Witch 2, but it would be better than
1: the jump scares we're getting in this movie. We we could just watch Lost Highway instead and call it Blair Witch 2, and I think it'd be better. Yeah, I just—I have trouble believing— You know, I guess you could always check out of your own recognizance from a hospital. But if you have a miscarriage, I doubt if the first thing you want to do is immediately go to a broom factory to watch some videos.
3: (laughs) Well, they were under a deadline to write this book. What's clear in the dossier, maybe it comes through in the movie.
2: No, it doesn't. They have
3: to turn something in the book, so they have to keep researching to finish What they started. And also, I mean, come on. If you blacked out for five hours and there were tapes of what you did, I think you'd want to know. Particularly when people start pole dancing.
2: Not when the sheriff's there interrogating everyone. I want to get out of town. But
1: that doesn't happen yet, Jacob. That's not for days.
2: (laughs) Oh, that hasn't happened yet. Man.
1: Listen, I would always be happy to see a video of erica pole dancing i'd like to see more of those videos if they're out there or tree dancing yeah i'm good with that too but i still think book or no book you know i had to write an article for movie magic magazine i came down with pneumonia i wrote to my editor and said i'm gonna be a couple days late on this one you know i think miscarriage is a way you can still get a little bit of a pass
3: And more to the point, I would keep her in the hospital, at least overnight, for observation. The fact that she ends up going under the care of the psycho at his house, I mean, she may not be willing to leave. In fact, I think that her husband is often saying, we need to go, let's go to the airport, and she's like, I'm not finished yet. I think she's already under the influence of the witch. I think that she is not of her own original mind. Or she's evil. Stop with the, Or she may be psychological. That is not true. I will not (laughs) accept that.
1: When when we get a little further in, I'll point to some evidence. But yes. Okay. Well, I will not accept
3: it when you point it out, but I look forward to you doing so. (laughs) To me, this movie, this whole franchise makes no sense if you do not accept the witch is attacking
1: them. I'll take that as one possibility. But then we really do get like a half an hour of... I don't even want to insult Lynch by calling it Lynchian mind fucks. But it is kind of that it's there, it's not there. I'm eating an owl, I'm eating chicken. <laughs> Best scene of the film. I'm making out with somebody else's husband. Now I'm sitting across the table reading a newspaper. Yeah, the,
2: the, the sheriff's at the door. No, he's not. Are these Wiccan runes <laughs> appearing on
3: our body or do we get poison oak? Poison oak? Poison oak that sh- that
2: gives you a rash in the shape of runes. <laughs> yeah, it's
3: like shaped like creatures with spears and stuff. Like, oh sure, happens all the time. And those runes, I mean. Did somebody carve them on their body? Is it the witch? Of course it is. That's what we're laughing about. Don't tell me that's poison oak.
2: No, he's saying that's like Tristan going and carving them while they're sleeping.
3: Oh, yeah. When she took those drugs that make you kill people, she also <laughs> splashed in the correct pattern things to make them think that the witch is putting it on them. I mean, just stop.
1: There's no other explanation. They take a long time with seeing what's on those videos, though. And we get to see... Really fun scenes, and I mean that not really.
2: (laughs) Like, where they, where they use a bunch of gibberish, like, let's, uh, polarize that frame and, uh, digitize it to come in at a higher res.
1: Yeah, I don't think you can do that to DV. At least never anything I've seen allows a consumer grade camcorder to be brought back in at a higher res.
2: Especially in 2000.
1: Yeah, especially with stolen computer equipment at a broom factory. Maybe he has higher res stuff than I ever dealt with, but also we get to see such exciting scenes like Kim at a convenience store. (laughs) Yeah, and I caught this one.
2: Yeah, are they outside of like Amish territory? Like Burkittsville is the town where the Blair Witch thing happened, but... They're in another county where everyone's Puritans or something? Like, I'm only half joking about that.
1: No, they went back to Burkittsville because that's where the gas station was that was closer. But Burkittsville people hate all these tourists and are very rude to them.
2: So they have to go to this further out one to buy beer
1: but people still don't like them there
2: and they dress like amish
1: yeah the beer thing i
3: never even the first time i watched it i caught what they did here i saw them cut to the security camera i saw the flash with the nail file i knew that they were going to tell me that kim had killed somebody leave before she left that store
2: and as she's leaving she's what attacked by there's seven boys that were murdered by par and what there are seven ghosts attacked Kim as she's driving away? They're
3: really trying. I mean, straining would be the correct word. <laughs> to try and connect yeah. those... Little hints of mysteries that may or may not even be true over time, and now say that they're phantoms, very specifically targeting these people because we don't know. I mean, the book makes it worse because the way that the rival camp is killed has nothing to do with that attack in the late eighteen hundreds on Coffin Rock.
2: You no, know, it does. No, it does not. They're like they're shaped in a pentagram, just like they were before. No, that's not what they said. No,
3: they were not in a pentagram is what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, exactly. The coffin rock was feet to yeah. mouth or whatever, like some human centipede or something. Bloody Sam Kane from England, the English myth is the one where they were lined up like the pentagram. And so they were really working hard to say, don't be afraid of just the Blair Witch. There's some British ghost <laughs> that's going to get you to,
2: I mean, fuck you. That you only know about if you read this book. <laughs>
1: don't forget in that video game there was a spirit that inhabited Ellie so you know it gets older and older yeah this is desperate
3: we didn't have much information to go on and maybe they didn't even have enough for one movie now that we're on a second movie you either flesh it out or you move on you just don't make it and, and they don't have enough here that it doesn't matter what these little ghost children are and particularly if you're not going to commit to the idea that they're really ghosts and not what, the, what what's the alternative Arnie they took drugs and are seeing these fake children
1: or or they're just all crazy and having hallucinations or having aftershocks from the drugs. No, nope, I nope, mean, there's... nope, nope.
3: Yeah, I agree with Jacob. <laughs> that is unacceptable. I know of no one that has lost their mind so much that they've had all weekend been attacked in this way. Hey, I told
1: you I went out of here going with the witch as well. I want to play devil's advocate to a point of view I could see if I squint. That's all I'm doing. Okay, can you help me squint? <laughs> <laughs> where where are we seeing the possibility? Well, is it okay if we just kind of skip through all of the hallucinations and naked Erica? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Believe yes, me. I, I'm please. done talking about this movie until the end. Because when we finally decide the, that because Erica's been walking backwards around a tree naked, and the kids are walking backwards unless they're walking towards the van, Tristan, who may be the mastermind, tells Jeff play all the tapes backwards like an Ozzy Osbourne album and you'll find the secret satanic message. Well,
2: my favorite part is you can't just hit rewind. You have to put in the command backwards too to play it.
1: Don't they usually have the shuttle wheel? I know even my VHS machines in the by 2000 had that little shuttle wheel for frame advance. But So he puts it in reverse and then we see what really happened that night right and we see them all getting really fucked up and having some girl-on-girl orgy stuff and tristan is leading it she's the one who pulls out the knife and basically knights erica and like performs some ritual with these knives that convinces them and riles them up and gets them in a murderous spirit and then she sends them out to kill and erica she's so anxious to kill she doesn't even put on pants she's gonna go kill butt naked and somebody's dancing with an owl
2: i thought they were all naked when they went out to kill
1: Nope, just Erica. okay. The men were topless. Kim never takes off an article of that goth clothing. Uh, Maybe she gets down to a bra for the makeout scene, but... Well, that black clothing gives her power, so...
2: Power! (laughs) But
1: then we get the scene where Tristan walks up to the camera. The director called this his homage To Heather looking at the camera with the snot scene, where they're trying to recreate that composition, and she looks up in the camera, through, and you see her nostrils, and she smiles, saying she is the mastermind, she wanted the murder to happen, she wanted the miscarriage to happen, she caused it all.
3: And keep in mind, she's writing a book about hysteria. Maybe she has insights on why people go hysterical and she can make that happen. Except there are no real reasons to do that and you can't really do that. So uh, that's just bunk. So good on trying. A on intent.
1: D minus on execution. And of course, they're seeing this video now, but it's not what the videos are going to show later. Right. So, you know, they say video is truth, but then they play with that. And immediately after seeing this, Stephen is like anti-wife, grabs her, yells at her, and then gets so pissed off, he pushes her off a ledge that's conveniently in this house. Did he push her? Oh, yeah, he throws
2: her. Okay, she puts that rope around her neck. I thought he, like, went out to kind of, like, grab her shoulders and shake her or something, and she threw herself backwards, so...
1: He shook her until he threw her
2: Okay, see, I thought it was set up to make it look like he did that, but he didn't really do that.
3: I do think that that's one of these nebulous, well, let's debate it. I'm not going to debate it. I don't care either way. (laughs) I don't care either way. It doesn't matter. This is a stupid movie. But yeah, it's in the gray area whether she is allowing him to take the fall for her suicide or he is wanting to kill her like they killed Ellie. The, The point is she's dying by hanging exactly as the Blair Witch Well, actually, the Blair Witch was tied to a tree, but. Yes. (laughs) No, or was she hung? I. She was tied to a tree
2: at some point. They call that out.
3: Yeah, and then she disappeared. But I, yeah, I didn't take it to mean that she was hung.
2: Come on, you read all the dossiers. I know, but it's conflicting
3: information. I think some people reported she was hung and some people didn't. So believe what you want to. It doesn't matter to me whether they're reenacting Blair Witch truths or just other bad horror movie tropes. This is not scary. Can we agree on this? This is very not
2: scary.
1: No, the fear is over. We're now in the revelations. There was never any fear. There was spookiness. No, there wasn't. There was weirdness. There was never
2: any scares here.
1: There was weirdness. I was never afraid, but there was surreal imagery Yeah, i
2: could watch rain go up in the sky instead of down that's weirdness that's not scary that's not a horror movie
3: yeah my point is this is a shit horror movie and they're trying to do all of these allusions to maybe it's psychological or maybe it's real well it
1: doesn't matter because none of it works as a horror movie if you take a horror movie as more than just slasher and you look at it as ghost stories and things like that you know like some of those vhs skits I don't like slasher movies. Believe me, I'm trying to embrace this as a ghost story. I think that just the weirdness of the car is smashed, the car is now not so smashed, the ghost children walking backwards, Tristan's dead body rotating in the closet. You think you personally, there were things there that scared you.
2: No, no, no. Stacked rocks and sticks tied together made me more scared than anything in this film.
1: And I'm not saying scared. I'm saying eerie.
2: Or airy, unsettled, whatever, last week did more with rocks than this does with some corn syrup and people walking backwards and whatever they're doing here.
3: I'll give you one moment that I thought actually worked. That Jeff has a door that is rigged to bark dogs Every time people walk through and at one point he opens his door and there's actually dogs outside barking at him. I thought that was a cool ooh, what's happening moment. That's it. That we were trained to laugh every time we heard those dog barkings and all of a sudden they have a physical manifestation outside his door makes me wonder whether he's gone crazy or there really are
1: ghosts. Well, I still wonder the same thing about the owl and the Kentucky fried chicken. I don't <laughs> wonder.
3: I only wonder why they thought that would scare us.
1: Why couldn't they get a better looking owl? <laughs> <laughs> this was done quick and cheap. Yeah, exactly. Come
2: on, I, I could get a better looking owl and I, I, for five bucks than they got.
1: Uh, uh, the director said they just tried to quick cut around the owl, but that was the owl <laughs> they had. You go to film with the owl you have, not the owl you want.
3: <laughs> I was surprised, as we keep cutting back to the police station, that more and more people are guilty of this. That, yeah, we have the sheriff screaming at the goth that you wear black because you want power, <laughs> and, and you know.
1: Oh, that sheriff! I mean, you want to talk bad acting? Everybody uh. here looks like a freaking master thespian when that sheriff's on screen opposite them.
3: Uh, but I was surprised that so many people lived. I guess I thought they were all going to pin it on Jeff. And then when we find out that Kim is okay, and that Steven is okay. Like, Yeah,
2: it's only Tristan and Erica that die. And I guess that other group of tourists.
3: The other group of tourists is what they're going down for. I don't even think, well, they do realize that the other two are dead.
2: No, at the end, they watch that video because of Tristan hanging there, and also of Erica in the closet. Right. Right.
3: Yeah. And again, in the corner, that was something that was kind of happening that he's standing in the corner. And they're trying, it's like they're trying to half ass do a Blair Witch movie. <laughs> it's, it's
2: like someone heard about the Blair Witch mm-hmm. and then had to do a sequel to it, but, yeah. but only based off what they heard.
1: Listen, I will say everything in this movie would have been better with a better resolution. If they'd given us a better ending, be it more ambiguous or be it just more well explained, one or the other. Then everything leading up to it could have had better payoff and we could have a big, Oh yeah. But as it is, you have three people who, yeah, really it's either mass hysteria or the witch. And it's that kind of goes back to the book, hysteria, or hysteria, but. They do not remember doing these acts that they're on video doing. Yeah, no,
3: I get that the filmmaker would like us to believe that they could have gotten caught up in the Blair Witch hype and committed a crime that they normally wouldn't have done and that there is no real witch. I think that he would like us to be able to believe in that he did not support that with the movie he gave us.
1: And he says he did, but the studio then undermined it.
3: I do not believe that. <laughs> I believe that maybe the studio made different choices that compromise his vision. I don't believe any vision of the performances and the material that I'm seeing would be credible, A, as a scary movie, or B, as a psychological and not supernatural
1: phenomenon. Well, believe it or not, you could go out on the internet and look. There is a fan edit of this film. <laughs> Somebody actually cared enough to take out all of the things the director said in his commentary were not his vision and assemble what they believe to be Burlinger's original view. Did you watch it? No, I didn't watch it. I don't watch fan edits, and I listen to the commentary. I have my own vision of the director's view. I don't need to see some fans edit it. <laughs> well, that says everything.
3: I've been trying to fight the the devil's advocate position here, but I know that your guys are right. This movie is shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really need to see any
1: more of this. Agreed. So, Jacob Stewart, do you you recommend Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2? Let's start with Jacob today.
2: Here's the shocking thing. This film ended up letting me down. Like, I, I (laughs) I went in ready to be totally disappointed, and then the beginning of this, like, actually gave me hope. Now, I think the successful film would have been... Something like a comedy, a Christopher Guest mockumentary. Like, that's, I think that is the strongest possibility for a Blair Witch 2. Instead, they try to give me horror here and it never works. I'm confused by them going all Tarantino or whatever they did with the timeline. Like, I couldn't keep it straight and I stopped caring. But the worst thing here is just like nothing scary. Nothing is unsettling. I sat here bored while watching KFC fly through the window and dogs bark and, I I wasn't unsettled. Like, that first Blair Witch, I sit there in the dark, watch that at midnight. That's scary stuff. You're going to freak yourself out. This, I mean, you could have a pentagram in blood, uh, a goat roasting in it, trying to conjure evil, and you're still not going to get scared watching this. I mean, it's a failure as a horror movie. It's just a failure as a movie. It's really bad. Strongest of not recommends.
1: Stewart.
3: And I'll be kinder, Uh, not much, but the movie has ambitions to break new ground and to keep the ambiguity going and to try and ask questions about the very phenomenon of the first movie is applaudable and I think done a little bit better than what Wes Craven did with New Nightmare. I mean, there's no Hansel and Gretel, at least. (laughs) But the bottom line is we need to watch this movie and either be intrigued with what we're seeing or being frightened by what we're seeing. And all intrigue really ends once they get back to Jeff's house. Then it's like, we got nothing. We're just going to do a lot of illusions and, you know, just time-wasting bullshit. The kind of stuff I hate where you see something weird and then it didn't really happen. And that goes on for a good 40 minutes until we have them hauled in front of the sheriff for some lecturing about, yeah, what the power of video and, and believing in and whatever, I, whatever they're going for. It does not work. I will give it a more mild not recommend, but we're splitting hairs here. This is not a good movie
1: and it's maybe not as bad as you've heard, but make no mistake, it is bad. And coming back to this movie in 2015 is very different for me from seeing it in 2000 because. <laughs> you realize it's bad. I'll stand by my recommendation in the year 2000 for this.
2: What, that you could talk about it afterwards? (laughs)
1: Well, it succeeded in allowing Stuart to call me up and go, why the hell did you make me watch that? Well, it took 15 years because when I tried to talk to Stuart about this in 2000, I just got a whole bunch of vitriol. Now I finally got to have the conversation with Stuart about what I thought was interesting (laughs) about this movie.
2: Wow. Are you
1: better for it, (laughs) Stuart? Yeah, we all are, aren't we? I think this movie was something original. Only New Nightmare, that's the only thing we've been able to come up with, was a sequel where they said the first movie was a movie. This does it better. And even New Nightmare ended up saying, hey, there still is a Freddy Krueger demon that came out. This one, when I saw it in theaters, I liked the possible fuck of were they crazy or was it a witch? We don't get a definitive answer, although all evidence points to witch. And so coming out, seeing a movie that is such a harsh commentary on the first movie, it's, you know, pretty anti-Blair Witch fanatic. And then to take it and add a hard rock score at like every song in the soundtrack. I own the soundtrack. I Stand by a recommendation for the soundtrack. They released this as a soundtrack? Oh, yeah. All the Marilyn Manson, Rob Zombie stuff. Oh,
3: yeah. And they did a score CD. And they they were so exploitive, they even released the soundtrack to the first movie by saying this was the mix they were listening to that they... That they never played. Josh's
1: mix. It is, no, it is unlistenable. No. It really is. I bought it thinking it would be songs from the movie, not realizing there were no songs in the movie.
0: <laughs>
1: Jeez. Yeah, it was pretty crass. Oh, my God. It was really unlistenable. There's not a good song on that disc. But this one had a good soundtrack, and it went into comfortable year 2000 horror conventions too. It took the completely original faux documentary of the Blair Witch has said, okay, let's make a Jeepers Creepers, Seed of Chucky, Halloween resurrection type of slasher film out of it. It's far more rote for that, but yet I enjoy that kind of film. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You just said that it was more rote than Halloween 8. No, more rote than Blair Witch 1 is what I was trying oh, okay. to say. Oh, okay. And right. saying that it's as rote as Halloween 8 and <laughs> Chucky I'm like, you
3: really can't get more crass than Halloween 8, but all right.
1: But now, in the 15 years since, everything that I found intriguing about this, I've seen done so much better. God help me, but Human Centipede 2 is a much better, hey, that first film was a movie, than this is. But this is still better than Human Centipede 3 by a lot. And the entire was it real or was it a mind fuck that became the theme of movies in 2000. Secret Window does it really well with Johnny Depp identity. How many other, I mean Fight Club for fuck's sake. Identity the John Cusack one where the killers in his head
2: that identity. Do
3: not compliment identity that film. That is not better than this
1: film or a film anyone should ever be encouraged to see. <laughs> I'm not saying that you should see it. Fight Club is perhaps the best was it happening. <laughs> I
2: don't even I don't even put these in
3: the two. I know same category. So <laughs> you're trying to put this on the same category. I'm saying Fight same Club dish.
1: took the similar concept much 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 better so i now say this is only a recommend if you really like me couldn't consume enough blair witch but in 2000 this was considered novel 15 years later this is some rote trash and i'm gonna give it a not recommend
2: okay good that's all i needed to hear so you're saying to recommend if you haven't seen
1: anything in the last 15 years (laughs) yes (laughs) Yes, I think that film requires an evolution. I think you had to possibly have new nightmare to get Scream. And I think you needed this... To get some of the better horror sense. Okay. Wow. That's... I still find there to be intriguing things to talk about. But there's just now better movies that we could talk more about instead.
3: Well, when we say a movie's bad, we're not saying it's worthless. I mean, a lot of bad movies have intriguing elements. I wish that I could rescue moments and characters and performances from bad movies. And and put them in movies that deserve those good elements, but you cannot say this movie is good because it has interesting parts. It, it is not a good movie. And you know what really kind of ticks me off about this, That Berlinger really needed to think this through, is that Paradise Lost is about teenagers that went up for a murder charge they did not commit because people believe that because they listened to heavy metal and were influenced by things, they went hysterical and killed. This movie is basically advocating that that's
2: a possibility. Yeah. Th- these kids listened to heavy metal and they did
1: kill. Yeah, that's that was a real mistake. And the director said that some people interpreted it that way, and he never meant for that to happen. He said he firmly believed in the innocence of the Memphis trio. Sure, they are innocent. Yes, his films caused the investigation to be reopened and prove them innocent. So he really should be credited with allowing justice to be served and those wrongfully convicted three to be out of jail. But yet it is a little crass that he took some of the things he did in that movie and decided to fictionalize them in a negative light.
3: Yeah, I think at the end of the day, he's talking out of both sides of his mouth, and he sounds a lot better when he's making the case that we should not assume people are killers because of how they dress or what they wear, or that they could be made killers because they smoked a little weed or listened to the wrong kind of music. That is hysteria I will not subscribe to. But I did subscribe to a little bit more Blair Witch stuff. I got to throw it out there. There's more? Well, they wanted another movie. And there was a whole lot of stuff. And there was a young adult series that I read the first chapter of called Blair Witch Files. doo 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 doo.
2: do, 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 do. Is, is this where the witch is sexy and is fought over by a werewolf and a vampire?
1: I'm just picturing Mulder and Scully. Going after a witch. Well, then you are on the right track. That is exactly
3: what they were going
2: for. (laughs) How how could you not with that title?
3: X-Files meets Blair Witch, basically Heather's cousin. Wasn't this a Scully thing that he had a sister that disappeared? Mulder, yeah. Yeah, Mulder, yeah. Sorry, whichever one is is David Cobney? Yeah, he had a relative that disappeared. They transplant this onto Heather's cousin because he's trying to find Heather in the woods. He keeps exploring all these myths around the woods, and he wrote 10 books about different supernatural phenomenon that happened in them. I read the first one called Witch's Daughter. For what it is... Young adult, you know, when they're not very scary anyway, it was completely fine.
2: You said there's 10 of these? There's 10 of them if you want to keep reading. Did they all come out like the same day? How far did they take this trend? Pretty
3: much. Pretty (laughs) much. Yeah, I think he knocked them out one a week. Uh, My (laughs) favorite part of the book, though, is when you turn to the end and you read, quote, Experienced the horror of Blair Witch 3 up close. Tell us about your brush with the supernatural in 150 words or less and enter to win an all-expense-paid trip to the set of Blair Witch 3. So the winner is still waiting. <laughs> Actually, they got 1000 bucks. I read the fine print and it said oh. that if nothing had
2: happened
1: by February, then you get $1,000.
2: I wonder if they are cribbing people's stories for the script.
1: <laughs> well, that was my question coming out of this is, What could they do? I know there's still talk, especially with those original directors needing work, there's still talk of a return to Blair Witch and a Blair Witch 3. What do we do? Do we go Human Centipede 3 and now both of these are movies and we're in the real, real, real world? We never do Human Centipede 3. I know that that (laughs) is the wrong choice.
3: Although I understand what you're saying. Do we go meta on top of meta? Do we do screen three?
2: Uh, No, I I think you, you do, you know, like a Superman Returns. Not that you want to do Superman Returns, but, you know, you pretend the bad films didn't happen and just do a sequel to that first Blair Witch. The proper sequel.
1: So you go in-universe, and you're more kids, more found footage, more woods.
2: No, I'm saying you, you could still... I, I say don't even take the second one as continuity. You could do something meta again, but let's just pretend this one didn't happen.
3: The plan was to go back to colonial times and, and show us the witch get hung. And I don't want
2: a period piece, no. You'd
3: see special effects and all of that stuff. I know there's a movie that's really hyped. It, it played at Sundance, and people really liked it, called The Witch. Seen a couple trailers for it. It's coming out early next year. I think that could be good. I think period horror can work in the right circumstance if you get the right director.
1: It hasn't really done well at the box office with, you know, Dracula and some of those others. It hasn't bombed, but it's not a go-to. It's probably better than this Vin Diesel bullshit that just opened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just to let the listeners in, we had a choice. Blair Witch or Witch Hunter. The last Witch Hunter. Which is no choice at all.
3: Honestly, I think the sequel is Paranormal Activity in all of the found footage movies we got after it. The true lineage... A Blair Witch is you don't go back in the universe. You tell more stories with found footage. And and I'll just say I like Blair Witch 2 a lot better than most found footage films I've seen since. And I will say, if you want a pretty good Blair Witch 2, I can't get behind it too bad. But Bobcat Goldthwaite, of all people, made a film called Willow Creek. About a couple goes out in the woods and tries to find Bigfoot. And he kind of plays it just right. It's sometimes kind of a comedy And sometimes kind of a little creepy. I don't want to oversell it. It's not a great movie, and it more or less repeats all the story beats of The Blair Witch. But if I had to take one or the other, I'd take Willow Creek over Book of Shadows.
1: Yes, but next week, since there is no Blair Witch 3, we're going to a completely unrelated horror film from this year, It Follows. Hey,
3: now this is something I could get behind. You know, Willow Creek, see it if you must, but It Follows. I saw this movie in theaters. I have not stopped thinking about it all year, really. I I haven't been able to process it and what it all means. So I'm really looking forward to going back.
2: This sounds like Arnie's argument for Blair Witch (laughs) 2. You just got to talk about it.
3: I, I hope you enjoy it better. I feel confident you'll like it better. But it's an interesting one. I do feel like, you know, there may be horror movies that made more money, but... I think this is the horror movie of the year. I actually think that if you want to talk about where we're at with horror and preoccupations with what we can do with the genre, this is the film to talk
1: about. We'll be doing it next week. Well, I think if you want some good horror around Halloween, you need to join us in a few days for, hmm, I think this could be my favorite vampire movie of all time. Got to think on that one before we review it.
2: Dracula Untold? Unwatched. (laughs)
1: No, no, Blade, right? No, I'm talking from dusk till dawn. The Robert Rodriguez directed, Quentin Tarantino scripted, Quentin Tarantino starring george clooney starring vampire gangster film it is part of our platinum donation series because it wasn't directed by tarantino but he wrote it he was obviously on set all the time starring in it and it is our last platinum exclusive review until we get to grindhouse where half of it is platinum exclusive here this is it spawned a trilogy of direct-to-dvd sequels it spawned (laughs) Hey, I saw them in theaters. They were in theaters. I I always thought those were straight to DVD. I guess you have to listen to find out. And then there's the TV series currently running on L Ray. I'm really. Really looking forward to a fun conversation about what I consider a kick-ass movie. And I'm really looking forward to the promo skit I'm doing for it, so check that out on Friday. (laughs) Okay.
2: I just remember there's a lot of topless vampires. I'm looking forward to revisiting that scene.
1: Oh, yeah, but unfortunately, well, we'll we'll talk about Selma Hayek. We'll talk about. So we hope you'll join us then and help support our show because it's your donations that allow us to do Blair Witch. It follows in two weeks, going back to James Bond with Spectre, then doing the prequel trilogy. We can't do any of it without listener support. So even if Tarantino isn't your thing, if From Dust Till Dawn isn't your thing, if Hunger Games isn't your thing, which we're going to be getting into the week after From Dust Till Dawn, still hope you can, you know, throw a few bucks our way for the show we do every single week for free to everyone to download and be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're building up to a big announcement for Halloween about the now playing book underrated movies. We recommend it's all treat no trick. So be sure to follow us on social media and find out what it is. And Jacob Stewart, thank you for joining me. You bet. And until next time, where am I going? The fuck away from you.
0: How do we feel about today guys?
1: I learned a lot.
0: Very good day. Very good first day. Let's be relaxed because we've got a really, really long day tomorrow. Today was cake compared to tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this episode of Now Playing, and we hope you've enjoyed the show.
1: I'm just fucking done, man. Oh, I'm just fucking done.
0: If you enjoyed this podcast, please help out our show by leaving us a five star written review on iTunes. A link to Now Playing's iTunes listing can be found at nowplayingpodcast.com. I knew where we were going.
1: Wait, 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 wait. Would that be a full of shit statement?
0: No. I Would that be a full of shit statement? All I'm saying is that you got us lost, man. Also at our site you can find more movie reviews including The Shining, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Insidious, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Saw, The Avengers Films, James Bond, and more. Newsflash, everybody! That was just a movie, alright? Find hundreds of movie review podcasts at NowPlayingPodcast.com and come back each week for another new movie review.
2: We'll make movies, Heather. That yeah, what well, we're here to do?
0: Make some movies. Support from listeners like you. Help keep Now Playing operating. We take care of each other. I know, that. I know you know. I know. I know, that. I know we're both about to lose. But but let's have... try and get the last with speed. You can find a link to donate using PayPal at the bottom of our website, nowplayingpodcast.com.
2: There's no one here to help you! There's no one here to help you. There's no one here to help
1: you. That's your motivation. That's your motivation.
0: Now playing Blair Witch Project Retrospective Series is edited by Arnie. You want a hand? I want amphetamines. Weed is what I've got. Beer, I'm gonna get. Both. Now. Now Playing Credit Narration by Brock.
1: No, but you're going around doing your thing, man. You're still doing your fucking thing. Don't fuck it! And turn the goddamn thing off!
0: Blair Witch Project Films are the property of Haxon Films and Artisan Entertainment, and no infringement is intended. Yeah, it's a story my grandmother used to tell us all, makes good a bit early. The opinions expressed on Now Playing are those of the individual hosts, and may not reflect the opinion of Enganza Media Incorporated.
1: So I'm just putting my uh, trust in you, that you know it's... Although I gotta tell you,
3: I
2: don't fully trust you
0: now playing as a Vinganza Media Production Copyright 2015, all rights reserved, and no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Vinganza Media Incorporated.
1: That's it, got enough. Let's go. That's enough! Stop taping! Stop. Please stop taping! Okay.
0: Okay. Stop. okay, 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 we're leaving right now. Okay. Okay, we're out of here. We're out of here. I'm leaving. No!
1: I get Wiccan and vegan confused. I know they all have superpowers, but. <laughs> uh, They're very different
2: things. <laughs> Though I, I'm sure the cross section be, you know, Wiccans that are also vegan. Yeah, that Venn diagram's
1: much. almost a circle. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> I. For the balls of trying to break the mold and not just bring in some hack. Let me get a name. Uh, you have to search for a hack? McG, Michael Bay. No, I have a very specific hack in mind. You don't get Steve Miner in here, you know, who did. I mean, it is small town New England. And the one thing I'll give Jeff is he actually lets a New England accent come through a few times. He's actually from Massachusetts. But this is not set in Massachusetts. No, but it's a New England accent maryland massachusetts kind of different don't piss off those people (laughs) i wouldn't wouldn't say they're
3: exactly (laughs) the same thing but i I get what you're
2: saying just they're just a shade off a cockney accent (laughs) like
3: david (laughs) prowess
1: in the year 2000 i thought